Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, a show about the collective experience of loving science fiction. This week, I am joined by some of the cast and creators of Dead Drift. It's an indie sci-fi comedy web series. It's fantastic. You got to check it out, deaddriftshow.com. This conversation was really fun. You guys are going to love this episode. We just had a total blast. Let's check it out. Never. I don't know how people do it. John and I were at Delphi one time and I went to to do my back swing on a chip shot and I was too close and on my back swing I hit the windshield <clears throat> with the oh. club and shattered it. Well you're oh, supposed to be parked wow. like on yeah, the well, trip. <laughs> We, dude, was, was your ball like right next to the cart lane? Or? Yeah, it was the eighth hole. We were trashed. <clears throat> Imagine that. So, it, was, it was the eighth hole, so we had we 12 drinks by then. John and I turned the cart in and just drove away as fast as possible. That's <laughs> Delphi. Who cares it was about that? Ni- so the ninth hole, or did you do it twice? It was the, the eighth hole. hole. Oh, no, we just oh, did, we just did nine. Well, we left immediately because we oh yeah. Oh you. Oh, that's a bad thing. We played caramels. It was bad. It was John and I drunk. Broke man. a windshield. You gotta fix happen. that. You gotta, we yeah. gotta fundraise and go back and not only did donate we, money. we do that, but it's probably all captured now. And Jesse's got evidence. <laughs> He's got a confession for me about how I broke a windshield at Delphi. On a yeah, I just told you. See, so you gotta go. We gotta go make that right. I'm like, I don't care if I'm set up. <laughs> and, by we, <laughs> and, and by we, I mean you. You gotta go make that right. That was like ten years ago, man. Statue limitations. I'm, I'm clean. I'm good to go. I'm free and clear. <laughs> Listen, kids, do whatever you want. Just remember, statue of the you get lay low until 10 years. What's the statute on that? Four years? All right, Johnny. You need to chill for another year before you get on the internet bragging about it. Oh, man. That's what. All right. Does anyone else want headphones? Does anyone care? Uh, oh, no, no, that'll just make me I'm good. All right, cool. I mean, do I get to keep them or? No. (laughs) Then then no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely not. All right, we're set. Let's do it. (coughs) Well, welcome to the Dead Drift people, Dead Drifters. Hello. Uh, Say hi. Howdy. Hello. How's it going? Good job. Well, let's go. Let's start by introducing everybody. Everybody. Uh, Maddie, you want to start? Yep. Hey, I'm Maddie. Uh, I play Captain Banks. I'm I'm Ken. I play Maurice Morris, and my name is Jason, and I play Mr. Fermi. Awesome, Greg, 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 <laughs> Greg, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get to know you guys a little bit first. This is the first time I've ever had people come over that I've never met. Oh which my is goodness! Exciting oh, wow. for me. So yeah, it's not nice. just frightening for you. It's frightening <laughs> it's, it's, for everybody. It's not just frightening <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know. I feel pretty we were, comfortable. <laughs> we were yeah. We were worried about exit plans when we were coming up. I was like, we don't know who or where we're going. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lighter. Do you have hairspray? <laughs> <laughs> There's just a giant crater in the wall where my apartment used to be. Right. He, he was talking about this all the way up. So. <laughs> yeah. A little paranoid. paranoid. <laughs> you were listening to the podcast and you listened to the one about my balls. So right. now Partially, you, walk, yeah. you walk into a room and all you know is everything about my balls and nothing else about the rest of I me. I figured it was going to be a really good time or a really bad time. Yeah. <laughs> 
probably a really good time. <laughs> there we go. Like. That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's start out by getting to know each other a little bit. I want to know, like, explain your lives to me as far as the science fiction that you loved. And I'll start just so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So I started watching Next Generation when I was probably three or four years old. Absolute favorite show in the universe. Got really into Star Wars in elementary school. And then, you know, those competing sides of my brain were at odds for a while. But now they've they've come to peace with each other. Right. <laughs> I got super into reading Philip K. Dick. The movies of Steven Spielberg, like hugely influential on me as a kid, especially Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And now I just love everything. I watch all sci-fi, read everything, anything I can get my hands on, I'm super into. So let, let's do it. Yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty close to how I started off. Uh, it was Next Generation. When it first aired, and I was just hooked on it immediately. I can't remember how old I was, uh, but I was pretty young. Um, and that was probably the first big uh, sci-fi influence in my life. Um, and You know, I always liked Star Wars, but I was never a Star Wars guy. I was always a Star Trek guy. Really? For sure, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean to you to like Star Wars but not be a Star Wars guy? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have my thoughts put together on that, I guess. Um. I, I mean, I wasn't like obsessive about it or anything. You know? yeah. I enjoyed it. It was. It was. Did fun. you like the prequels? No, not really. Okay, good. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Right. Yeah. The new one was good, though. Yeah, the new one yeah, was good. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I liked it a so, lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ken, how about you? Uh, yeah, I, it actually probably started pretty early for me. Uh, I probably have my dad to thank for a lot of my interest in sci-fi. He exposed me to uh, Star Trek, the original series, uh, when I was really young. I was watching reruns of that with him. And I loved the exterior shots of the ship when they showed it. And I was just fascinated by the concept of these people living in a spaceship, you know, out in space, going around and exploring. And then um, he would watch Dune uh, frequently and Blade Runner, which have become two of my all-time favorite movies to fall asleep to. (laughs) I love both of those movies, but I understand why some people don't. Um, it's just comforting, right? It's just like, absolutely. It helps you relax. And they, and they're, they're both kind of slowly paced and they have the really chill kind of 80 synth music going on. Yeah. And that Dune, I think facilitates that Dune seems like it was made to fall asleep to. And I liked it too, <laughs> no, I but I it. totally can see what you're saying. I just that. watched Dune for the first time in maybe 20 years, uh, yeah. like two weeks ago. Right. And I was flabbergasted by how awesome it was. Yeah. It's, yeah. And oh, it's, it's amazing. It's but. like not like the story's not necessarily intact. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's totally. It, like this, I haven't read the books yet, but I want to now. But like mm-hmm. the story is like, okay, well, we're making these huge leaps, but then all of a sudden you're on the giant, like the back of a giant sandworm, right. and I'm like, this is so awesome. Right. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why this is so exciting to me, but I'm so into this. Also. Well, and Dune's one of those movies that you know, same thing for me. I hadn't watched it forever, uh-huh. and looking at it, I was like, man, it, I could watch this and it could just ruin everything. Like I don't know <laughs> if it's held up. And I felt the same way. I was like, I was like, float, fat man, float. Make things happen. Sting. Like, yeah. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. So. Yeah, like the beginning when you kind of adjust to the fact that they're thinking their thoughts out loud. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I've never seen that before in a movie. I've never, I've never mm-hmm. seen any other movie do that. It's really interesting. It's a really cool way to kind of set up this alternate trippy reality. Yes. I There's a lot it. going on, uh, you know, kind of under the surface. Yeah, and in the books that I think David Lynch did a really good job of uh, finding a way to portray that on screen. Yeah, because it's difficult. How do you show psychic powers, especially back in the early '80s when uh, you know you didn't have the big CGI stuff like we do now? Right, totally. You know, like Jean Grey can just you can just animate waves of force coming from her brain, but right, you know, you couldn't do that with uh, you know Atreides. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. I, the special effects like totally held up. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think cool. it, it's definitely a classic look. You know, the sleeper must awaken. <laughs> the litany against fear, man. Come on, everybody. The litany against you fear. You fall asleep to that, and then you wake up the way you think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I can. That's the thing is, I can fall asleep on my couch and know that at any point I wake up and open my eyes, what I see on screen is going to be awesome. Yeah, and that's like, awesome. So it's that's it's cool. it's cool. It's like I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, nice. And it's like an allegory for a thing. Uh, <laughs> something really I don't deep, know. Man. My yeah. childhood, I don't know. <laughs> Just wake up from a nap and Dune's on. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> man, maybe someday we'll have like ocular implants where we can just play movies in our eyes and you can literally do that. Or you'll wake up and then Dune is just on. Ooh. Or you could cool. watch the movie while sleeping. Is that what you're saying? Because that's awesome. Just all the time. You yeah. just have it on all the time. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think it's coming. I think so too. I think Google or somebody recently did patents for uh, the contacts with the heads up display on them. I just saw this thing this morning how there's now a universal translator. It just happened. I just saw it today. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a earpiece that connects to an app on your cell phone and they had someone speaking uh, English and someone speaking French and it was translating for them. Wow. And it's like, can you direct me to the tobacconists? You know? I'm like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of fist fights started over that thing. They better have that on point before they yeah, get right. back to the public. Right. Totally. Because if Google Translate is anything to go by, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> exactly. So for some reason, I put you guys, I finished all the episodes last night nice. and then I put it back on this morning just to refresh while I was like getting the apartment ready. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... YouTube put it on with subtitles and I don't know why what? and I couldn't figure out how to get it off. Like I was having a weird problem with my remote control this morning and they're very wrong. They were like so oh, wrong. Yeah. They were completely off and it was a, it was a very interesting version of the script and I oh, highly man. recommend it. I'll have to watch that. It's probably really a better version of the script. Why, is that, yeah. why, why didn't I think about that? Can we change this? Can we, can we yank the episode? We're going to reek. Yeah. YouTube got jokes that we never thought of. Yeah. Yeah. You just say that that's the official licensed version. Right. <laughs> Well, so, we actually wrote the script originally in Korean, so ah, you just gave them the script to do the subtitles off of. So something is lost in translation for sure. Yeah, is that like so? Is that try to like say something about like science fiction in the future? In the future, all things will be written in Korean and then translated back to English. Could be. Yeah, will be the <laughs> be the best. Every, everyone language. thinks that uh, Chinese or Spanish is going to be the language that takes over the world. Nope, it's going to mm-hmm. be Korean. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Not Esperanto. No. <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, the William the Shatner, Shatner movie? movie? I oh, haven't. Esperanto? I haven't either. I want to see it so bad. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about it. It's, it's one of those things where I've, it's been built up so much that I'm just like afraid to watch right. it. Right? Yeah. I also Jason, like watching Rimmer do his Esperanto revisions. That's fun too. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, they, he never actually does it. They just talk about it a lot. It's okay. just kind of a running gag that he's studying for his Esperanto test. Oh. I don't. I don't remember. That. I didn't pick that up. I'm definitely going to ask you guys about Red Dwarf because I did pick up on the. Oh, nice. The, <laughs> The allusions to Red Dwarf. But we got to hear your, your sci-fi story, Jason. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I think what? So Jedi came out in 84, I believe, right? Sounds about Jedi right. Jedi came out around 84. So I'd say my first sci-fi experience was I, I, I saw Jedi in the drive-in when I was a wee lad. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. So, so and now I need to amend that. And so it was either I saw it in the drive-in with my uncles or the trailer park nearby just hooked up a projector and we just chilled in the dirt. I don't know. I was young. I was like four years old, but it was you're like, definitely so, with your uncles. So, I mean, yeah. either way, the uncles were present. I don't know which one for sure, Kurt. But you were outside and shout Star out Wars. to Kurt. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I was a Star Wars guy, not a Star Trek guy. Okay. Uh, you know, TNG was something I'd watch every now and then I enjoyed. But my two main staples from childhood were Star Wars and Aliens. Mm. Uh, aliens, not Alien. Yeah. I didn't see Alien until quite a bit later. Really? So you saw the second yeah. one, not the first one? Well, the big one was, yeah, Aliens. You know, I was the family. And then they, you know, oh, you rent a video and then it just would get put on repeat for like 24 hours in the right. VCR. And and aliens was huge when you were at that exactly. age. And Alien was more of a suspense aliens. thriller, but Aliens was mm-hmm. an action movie. So, yeah. It so, was, all the kids were into that when it came out. I remember yeah. that. So, yeah, huge. even though kids shouldn't, I would never let my daughter totally. see Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Aliens, uh, Star Wars, and um, yeah, we're re- repeat all the time, along with uh, Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Another one you shouldn't let your children watch. I've still never let's seen that. Create a, a, let's just create a woman in a lab. What's wrong with that? By today's standard, that movie wouldn't even be made. <laughs> no. It'd be like, no, this is oh, objectification to the screen. They but did man, just I still make love, it hot, did hot. They, Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. a remake? No, it's not really a remake, but it might as well be. What, it, what's it called? Uh, Hotbot. Hotbot. It's it's on Netflix. Huh. Oh, I, my roommates like to add movies to my queue just to, just to see, mess just with to mess me. With yeah. you. <laughs> so when I get on there, it's like, oh, since you like Hotbot, you'd like yeah. all this other, you know. Actually, yeah. I was watching anime. I've been watching Animaniacs lately because it's all on Netflix now, and there's yeah. a lot of jokes in Animaniacs that, that I think very would not fly adult, in the carpet today. Totally. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it's really interesting. A lot of people have been doing that recently, actually, like rewatching yeah. Animaniacs, and I've been hearing the same thing from several friends oh, yeah. that it's very off color. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they got that like uh, they got the one with Prince, and he's like, "Oh, we could finger Prince," and the person looks like. Mm-mm. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw someone posted that online. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, lots of stuff like yeah. that. That reminds. There was a fingering joke in Dead Drift that made me laugh hard, harder. <laughs> there was. That was my favorite joke of the whole thing. What was the joke? I don't remember now. I watched this last night. Uh, one of uh, he bought some from one of my less uh, well-behaved daughters, and when caught, she promptly fingered, fingered Morris. Him. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I think it was the other way around. Morris was probably the other way around. around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, let's talk Dead Drift. Uh, so I watched some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. It seems like you've been working on this for a while. And Ken, it seems like the idea originally came from you. Is that is that right? Actually, the original idea was Maddie's. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, have many times. in a bar one night. I think it was either my birthday or your birthday. I don't remember which. It doesn't have to be a birthday to be hanging out at a bar. I don't think it was. But I, I, but I, I feel like Alice's it was. It was my birthday. Uh, yeah, he's not, he's not saying that's the... Like, that's <laughs> okay, anyways, we were drinking. Maddie hands me his phone. He's got a notepad open. He wrote this one-page script. Uh, just a little skit about a space captain who's... Uh, his ship's out of control. He's lost all communication, and he's going crazy as he as the cookie supplies run out. Oh. <laughs> and then when the cookies finally run out, he just loses it. He loses it, and he goes insane. And then uh, we sh- we thought, what the hell? And we got together and we shot it and filmed it. While we were filming it, the character of Morris we just kind of spontaneously created. So we shot his scenes like a day later. We put it together. It was fun. We really liked it. And then we were like, let's uh, let's make it into a series. And that's not on your YouTube page, is it? I didn't see that original one. It is. It is? It is. I think it's like the first or second episode, the first or second upload in all the videos we have Mm -hmm. up there. Okay. Oh, that's because you, I I just looked at the stuff on the the top line dead drift stuff, but there's other stuff below it that I didn't check out yet. Mm -hmm. And it's like the very first thing uploaded. That's awesome. And what, how long ago was that? That was January, 2012. Wow. Yes, January yeah. 2012. Jeez. And then we uh, we did a couple other things. We did that 72-hour film challenge, mm-hmm. and then uh, we talked about doing a web series, but we, we had been wanting to do something, I think, that was Dungeons & Dragons oriented. Oh, cool. And then uh, we eventually just kind of scrapped that idea and decided we were going to go with Dead Drift, and rather than do everything green screen, we wanted to try and build sets and whatnot. 
Yeah. So I think set construction started in uh, September of 2012 is when oh. set construction started. I remember that because football was on and <laughs> the guy whose garage I was building the set in on Sundays was mad because I was watching football and not building the set. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you build them? Priorities. Uh, we started it in one buddy's garage, uh, my buddy Balios, but then uh, we kind of got the boot out of that one. So we moved it over to Chris Nacy's garage. <laughs> Is that Commander Schneider? Yes. 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 Cool. Absolutely. And so, like, probably the majority of the sets are in Commander Schneider's garage. And, there's, and then, are they still there? No, they're, no. They're, they're long gone. Really? What happened to them? Uh, we had to break them down to make room for the next ones. Okay. Next yeah. ones is in. So, yeah, there's multiple they're sets in the, in the series. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. big. They fill, I mean, they fill a kind of a room. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, once we were done shooting everything we needed on one set, we'd have to find another garage space. Oh, wow. And oftentimes another garage space wasn't available. So, so we would down. just destroy it and build the next one. Crazy. So if you want to go back and make more, you'd have to rebuild the sets one at a time. We'd need to be funded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would definitely be a challenge. I don't, I don't know that we could actually faithfully recreate the sets. So yeah. one of the things I'm no. definitely considering for if we do go forward with more in the future is writing scenes in different locations on the ship. For example, yeah. like a mess hall, you know? Yeah. Because we don't have those old sets anymore. We'll just blow the ship up and yeah, but get exactly, another one. Yeah, that's what I was exactly. I'm like, no, we just blow it up. And <laughs> that's your climax at the end of one season and then yeah, yeah, a new yeah. ship at the beginning of the next. So right now there's 12 episodes online? Yes. Is that correct? The and 12th episode just came out Friday, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then how long is this season going to be? And I, I saw like a promo said season two coming soon. So is season two like the second half of the story that... That it starts with episode what, like six or seven? Nine, right? Nine. nine. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So nine through twelve is season two. Mm-hmm. It'll be then, yeah nine through sixteen because sixteen. Okay. Four cool. more coming. That was yeah. that was my next question. And it was originally it was written as one season. Yeah. Episode one through sixteen, but I got to the end of episode eight as I'm doing the post production, putting everything together, and I was like, I was doing a once a week thing, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to maintain putting these out once a week because I'm so far behind on on post production. So I said, we're just going to, I'm going to take a few months off to finish these episodes up. And when relaunching it, I decided let's just call it season two. Yeah. Although it's really just one season. And I mean, kind of, it's, it's kind of just a feature cut into 16 parts. Yeah. Really. But that makes it such a more approachable way to create for someone who's doing this in like their friend's garage. And, you know, that's a huge undertaking. I've done uh, several things, you know, shoot like shooting several things. And like the last thing I did that was a music video is three minutes long. It was this huge undertaking and I'm, you know, burdening so many people and having right. so many people kind of donate their time to me. And the, the last day of shooting was this huge affair where I actually got a craft services table and like the schedule and there's like 15 people. Nice. And I, I paid for every dollar of it right. and it ended up being so expensive. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. And even more expensive because I accidentally backed the rental car into a post at Trader Joe's and, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and just destroyed the, the left side door. So then Damn. I had to pay for that. Oh. Yeah. Was that the, uh, the time child video? That was uh, Relativity. <laughs> Relativity. Okay, I watched Relativity as well. That was so everybody up on the stage with yeah. you know, all the chore- choreograph choreograph dancing and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really cool. I liked the Time Child one too. It was was pretty cool. I dug that. That was fun. That was kind of the kickoff to my my whole project was the Time Child video. Okay, cool. And I've got another one on the way. And I'm actually working on a web series now as well. Oh, nice. So it's really interesting <laughs> to me to like hear someone else's experience. Because I was going to make a feature and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to make a web right. series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, when we were talking about it, we've talked about it before, where one of the things with the, the web series versus the feature, of course, is that you're going to give out these episodic snippets, 
which means each snippet has to contain. It kind of shackles you in that way that like, you know, we're doing a comedy web series. Now you watch a comedy, you might go 10 minutes and you don't laugh and it could still be a hilarious movie. But in a web series, you you had better, you know, right. every web series, you, you know, if it's comedy, you better make sure you like make everybody laugh within yeah. that five minute window every time. Right? Gotta be right. tight. And that's that's right. when it becomes I, I, I feel like that's where it. Uh, the the negative versus a feature it's definitely challenging because you're trying to within each episode because it's serially you're trying to tell a self-contained you know under five minute story with jokes with character development while moving the arc forward you know the overall arc forward and uh a big thing for me was i really wanted to make sure every episode came in at under five minutes Mm -hmm. and i was using the guideline of one page equals one minute and uh so is that true Yes. Oh, good. For know. the most part, it is absolutely true. Steal your secrets. Um, there, it's, yeah. It, no, it's free, man. You can have it. it um, one page equals one minute. It's going to vary if like you're writing a lot of action or if there's a lot of dialogue. But I found for the most part, it, it stays out. true. Okay. And um, I really wanted to keep every episode under five minutes because people have short attention spans. You they know? really do. It's weird because and you, you'll, I'll find a video and I'll be like, oh, that's eight minutes long. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I got other things <laughs> to do. But I'll see a video that's three minutes long and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. Right. You know what I mean? I, my fridge just turned on. I forgot to turn off. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is my podcasting secret. Turn my fridge off. <laughs> <laughs> but then I always forget that I've turned it off and I've ruined a lot of food. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. You, can you, you got to be a way to automate that with your phone to like, you know. Oh, that'd be awesome. The plug. My, the secret <laughs> is to not be dumb and just run. <laughs> one, time, one time I turned it off to record a podcast and then left town and had oh, a, no. a house sitter. Oh. And she called me like three days later. She's like, it smells real weird in here. Oh, <laughs> man. Did man. you have eggs and milk? Uh, I did. <laughs> oh, God. And various other things that were going bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all gone. That's terrible. Uh, well, okay, yeah. so you two had the original idea. You shoot this original thing. Mm-hmm. You decide to make it a web series. What was involved in that conversation? When did you say, hey, let's try this. Let's do this again and make it like a bigger production? Oh, man. I remember sitting down Were you drunk playing several... Uh, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. I remember sitting down for several conversations leading up to it, and we were really back and forth on what we were actually going to go with and how we are going to do it. And I think at one point we decided, nah, let's just kind of back off of this and 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 we'll let it stew for a minute and i think within a week ken had written some scripts up and sent them over to me <laughs> right i remember for a while we were we were sending scripts back and forth to each other i actually just reread one of them the other day and it was interesting because it was a vastly different dynamic than what we ended up with yeah but like morris and banks were together it was the vending machine uh scene uh-huh. Where you're like, T, Earl Grey, hot. Right. And then Morris comes up and he's like, that's not a vending machine or that's not a replicator. And you're like, well, what is it? And he's, and he's like, I don't know. But if this thing turns red, our lungs melt. You know, and <laughs> it, it, was, it was so much different than what we ended up with. It was kind of fascinating to see. Huh. Uh, and I looked at some original drafts of the, of the first episode and it, it changed drastically. In the second episode originally, Morris talked to his ex-wife. Oh, about, oh really? About what happened. About yeah. See, I didn't actually, dead. I didn't yeah. actually yeah. Uh, read those episodes you said, so I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I missed I, out I, on. I know how this works. I know this is all going to change. Listen, I'm, I'm a professional. And... I show up. I do my lines. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Jason, when did you get involved? Um, well, after they started, after they decided they were going to move forward with making the web series... Uh, Ken had shared some scripts with me uh, to ask what I thought about them. 
And so that kind of put me in there a little bit with the writing and changed yeah, some right. of the, the, you the read tones. with us before we started shooting. And then, well, yeah. So then we, so that's, and then the, how I got into the show was um, we were reading, they wanted some, they wanted to do a read through. And so I came over to help and, and do some rewriting with them. And I read the part for Mr. Fermi. And I myself had been probably about three whiskeys deep at, at that <laughs> point in time. And so we were just kind of kicking ideas around. And I felt really, so I feel really silly when I do read throughs. Yeah. Because it's just me reading. And it's since I don't have the part, I don't know what's going on. It's not like I'm auditioning. But I, I just feel like I don't want to just read to you while you read back. So I'm a little drunk. And I I think I just started having fun with it and just started, oh, tarnation, and just going off. And he started laughing. And then after the read through, he asked me if I would do it. And and I was drunk. So I said yes. And he kind of held me to it. No, but it, yeah. And then that's, that's how, how I got involved. And then some of the set stuff and just, you know, a bunch of us just kind of help out where we can. Yeah. Because it's all... a huge undertaking. This guy's been doing it. Like, we can't even get him to hang out half the time anymore. Yeah. So we figured if we help him out, we can see him again. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I totally relate to that. Like, I come home and work on something all the time. Right. And I'm always doing something. Like, I'm, you know, releasing uh, two podcasts right now. I've got this web series that I'm working on. I'm doing this whole album of sci-fi music. Uh, I've got this sci-fi synth pop band. So every day off, I work all day long on stuff. And then I'll watch Rick and Morty because now nice. I'm like yeah. I just got into that like two weeks ago. Oh, oh my god! Wow. So amazing. Oh, you are such a. Did you already watch uh, it all? I'm almost done. I've got four episodes left. Oh, you did better than I think. I binged it all in yeah. one night. I'm trying to space it out because it's so fucking yeah, good that it really. Is. I really want to like let concepts kind of marinate because mm-hmm. they're right. so brilliant. Mm-hmm. I just watched the one last night with the the giant head reality singing show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show me what you got. Yeah. <laughs> on a really early episode of my podcast, these uh, these girls from this other podcast came on and they the first thing they started doing when I turned the mics on, they're like, getting swifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had no idea what they were talking about. And it, almost all of it was from that episode and now everything mm-hmm. makes sense. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like I, you know, I'm the type of person where I cancel people's plans all the time. Cause I'm like, well, I have to finish this thing right. and release mm-hmm. it. So I get that. It's yeah, no, it's, it keeps you busy, man. Yeah. These what, projects, what drives you to do that? I mean, you're all, you're all involved with this in some way. It seems like Ken, you're the one who's doing the post-production and the, mm-hmm. you're the one who's doing all the grunt work behind we, the yeah. scenes. Ken does oh, yeah. all the, all the work. Yeah. So I don't just get that out there. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, I don't, it's, it's just this weird compulsion to craft stories and tell stories and, uh, it doesn't have to be in a video format. It could be, you know, a comic book or, you know, a book or, or music or whatever it is. But like, I just, I just always feel compelled to be creating and telling a story. Awesome. It's, it's uh, were you always a creative person? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I remember writing stories when I was like in third grade, you know, just churning them out. Yeah. It's uh, so yeah, I don't know. And, and I feel like, you know, we kind of live in a, in an unprecedented era in human history where we have the ability to do this. Yeah. So I'm like, why not? This, I mean, what else am I going to do? Yeah, you have <clears throat> everything you need to tell a story to the world, and right. from your couch, right now, like totally. you know, it's not like it used to be. So that it, it's awesome. Of course, yeah. As everyone here knows, that also means there's a million other people doing the same thing. Yeah. So right. Then it's yeah. about trying to stand out in the noise. Right. Um, yeah, that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out now because <clears> I <throat> I have uh, I have got a solid group of people that listen to the show. Right. Uh, and actually we have some crossover in our fan bases, which Absolutely. is really interesting. Cause I heard about your show just seeing it like posted up on Twitter or something. Yeah. Uh, and 
you guys, I, I think it was you, Ken, that emailed me. And I already knew who you were before you emailed me and said, hey, can we okay, come on nice. the podcast? I'm like, I'm like, absolutely, you can come on the podcast. Would, you know, if I had thought to ask, I would have. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Evan from The Waste, man, because I think yeah. that's how I, uh, how I found your show. And uh, I was like, oh, cool, this guy's in Seattle, and he's into you know, sci-fi and whatnot. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it's pretty rad. I've been trying to use the, uh, the Twitter format yeah. to try to kind of spread the word, and it seems to be working pretty well. Totally. Um, it worked for me. I mean, I heard about it uh, probably through Evan, because Evan is like the, the person who funnels things to everyone else right. on Twitter, Absolutely. which is amazing. He's kind of the center of this community of sci-fi fans. He's a signal amplifier. And exactly. He does a really great yeah. job of it. Yeah. When he's excited about something, he gets the word out and it's right. really, really cool. That's the first time that's ever happened to me personally, where someone that I uh, met online, uh, you know, I mean, we've never met face to face, but right. we talk all the time now because nice. he's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, he's just, he's just rad. He's super cool. Yeah, he's going to love this. He's going to love <laughs> us talking about it. He was tweeting at us last night. He's so excited. Yeah, I remember to hear the show. <laughs> it was good times. But there's a lot of people that, that he knows that now listen to my show. So there's like this pocket of people over there that, that listen to it. And then, uh, I mean, when you just, I mean, you guys have the same thing where you just start putting stuff out and then people you don't know will see it and react to it. Uh, and that's really amazing. Uh, and of course it's happening on this scale where we can't make a living off of it, which is horrible right. because right. we should be able to, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out is how do you get from here to there? Right. And that's, that's definitely a challenge. I mean, uh, I've, I've kind of at the point in, in my life where I'm like, you know what? Okay. It may never happen for me that I get to do this for a living, Yeah. but even if I don't get to do it for a living, which obviously would be the ultimate goal. I'm still going to keep doing it. Yeah, you're I, speaking I, my language right now. <laughs> I cannot. I just can't not do this. Yeah. So. And this to you is telling stories. Yes. That's, that's, that's what it's all about is telling a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I, I'm right there with you. Like for me, the thing that I have to do is, is make music. Right. Uh, all the rest of this is all tied up in that. And for some reason, I've just, I've just like gone off the deep end with my sci-fi addiction in the last couple of <laughs> years. Where now everything I'm doing is sci-fi related, but it's right. given me a focus and now I'm more creative than I've ever been, which is exciting. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what about, what about you guys? So Maddie, have you acted? Are you, you seem like you're an actor. Like when I watch the show, it's, you look like you're someone who's acted before. Uh, no, not really? really. I mean, I, I do, but I, I mean, he acts every day. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I'm just all the yeah. time. This is what he does. Yeah. <laughs> you don't never know which Maddie you're speaking to. He's a sociopath. No, I'm just like, Maddie's a really good person. I want to put out there. Maddie's a good person. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a professional actor or anything. Have you acted I, like, have you acted in anything besides this? Uh, I mean, I've done lots of different video projects. Um, uh, I used to like web blog and stuff and I don't, I've done a few minor stage things in school and stuff, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not acting's never been like a thing for me really, but it's fun. I can do it. You're, I think, I think I'm good at it. I'm really good. I, at I just it. don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. He's really good at it. Like when you watch a show, you can tell like just, just his interactions with the camera are what are hilarious to me. Like you've got good timing. Well, and, it, it's really about comedy, not about acting yeah. for me. And it's real, I, comedy yeah. is important to me. I, comedy is my telling a story. Yes. Um, I feel like you have cool. to be a decent actor to to be properly comedic, though. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I would say comedy acting is just as hard, if not harder, than dramatic, than dramatic acting. Absolutely. Though. Because we all experience uh, comedy and we all experience drama, but I feel like trying to recreate a smile versus recreate a sad face and, and have it be real is right. harder. I think it's mm-hmm. harder. And trying to recreate like laughter or um, timing like that's just an intrinsic skill that you either have or you don't trying to like look upset 
I feel like I can look upset and make it look pretty convincing. Right. Um, I mean, of course, then there's like this other layer to that where you want to cry on camera. You want to make it super real and intense. And obviously I can't do that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about, I think but that, it's and hard. It's, and it's, I think it's, you hit on story. it. It's the recreation. Like, cause there's a lot of funny people out there. They, they, they're just the funniest people you've ever met and they can make you laugh. They're right. But if you were to put them in front of a camera and ask them to recreate that, like, even though that person themselves is very funny, they're very comedic. There's, there's a skill in being able to do it for the camera over and over. Totally. Um, it's totally, I, I can't, I, I hate acting. I, I loathe acting. I can't watch. I watch myself and I'm like, oh, just to, I, I profusely uh, apologize every time after I do a scene. <laughs> and then I see how it comes out. I was like, man, I'm ruining your shit. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just, you asked me to do just so you know, this is your fault. But I feel bad that you made this decision <laughs> for me to do this with you. Um, You're making Ma- me do this. Ma- like, like, I don't like like yeah, yeah, and Maddie. But Maddie's really good at it. Like, so I think you hit it on it. Like that recreation. It. Have you done anything like this before, Jason? Yeah, it is Jason, right? I keep calling yes, you that. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And if it weren't, I would say yes, anyways. Yeah. Would, you ever notice that some people they you get embarrassed when you call someone a wrong name. And I get embarrassed when, embarrassed when, when the wrong, someone's yes. calling me the wrong name, yeah. and then I don't want to embarrass them and call them out. I don't want to be like actually because I don't know a good way to do that. We'll just change your name. I'll It'll just, be easier. <laughs> Carol, just call me Carol. Hey, jerk. Hey, you're not my supervisor. <laughs> no, I, I can't. Yeah. I am now Jeffrey for the rest of the yeah. time. People so, called me Jeffrey all day yesterday. I don't know why. Like, I can see that. You can pull off a Jeffrey. Uh, I think you can pull off a Jeffrey. I don't like it. You don't like it. No. Well, fuck no Jeffrey, offense then. to the Jeffreys no, out there. Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most common mispronunciation of my name for some reason. Jeffrey. Yeah, instead of Jesse. Oh, okay, okay. I'm like, hi, I'm Jesse. Nice to meet you, Jeffrey. You know, and I just roll with it because, like, you know. Yeah. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I'm never gonna see this person again. The weird one is when. Let me stop you there. Yeah. The weird, the weird one is when someone shortens your name and you don't really know them, and they just like when I just meet someone and the next time, hey, Jace. I'm like, what did you just? And I actually have a thing. I don't even like being called by na- my name. Like, it's just weird to me when I'm sitting in a room with individuals and they're like, hey, Jason, can you hand me that water? Like, I'm, I'm the only one here. Yeah, like, you, totally. Let's go down a little. Hey, man, let's, we can, I don't know. It's oh, weird. Oh, man, I have that too. It's just, I just started uh, seeing someone new recently and like, we're all, like alone together a lot of the time. So I just never say her name out loud. Yeah. And then I developed this phobia that I had not remembered her name correctly. Oh, you know? No. Uh, yeah. Which of course I did. I didn't know what her name was because yeah. he, like you know Facebook helps with that kind of a thing. Right. Uh, but uh, but then I just you don't say it out loud. So I'm like, am I pronouncing this wrong? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm just never going to say your name again. Yeah, because you don't have to. Sometimes. It's like, I got to go on to Facebook and find out what her name was, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing her tonight. We've been, we've been dating for six months. I can't believe I haven't gotten this shit down. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've done. Uh, me and Ken have done multiple projects in the past together, and. So I'm I'm used to it, but I'm I'm never used to it. I'm yeah. I'm not that guy. Like I'm not super creative. I'm just down to party. I'm just I just like, like to hang stop out. Stop creating and, and drink and, with me. Yeah, like well, I'll create with you. It doesn't mean we can't drink together. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can do both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I've helped him over the years with different things here and there, and it's always it's always a good time. And it's always fun, and it's 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 cool seeing it come because I don't view myself as a very creative person. Uh-huh. But when I get involved in projects that are creative, it's it does fulfill like a need. I don't know, maybe a bucket list type situation. 
You know, I kind of like that guy that sits around and wishes he could play guitar all the time, and then he learns the one Blink-182 sound, so he feels <laughs> somewhat fulfilled. Like yeah. He's like, all right, Milestone. Drops drops guitar. That's what I get to do with Ken. I'll be like, oh man, I was artistic as shit today. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go home and be normal like everybody else. <laughs> Xbox on. <laughs> oh man. This is why I do read-throughs of the scripts with this guy, because you know, jokes, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you uh Ken, you're sitting here holding the model of the JF Sebastian. Uh, this is the, uh, we, we just talked about this, but this is the Roy Batty. Oh, it's the Roy Batty. Yeah, this is Excuse the Roy me, Batty. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it says right. it's, it's on good. the ship. I should know no, that. Yeah. So this is the Roy Batty. This is the yes. the ship that comes up behind you. Right, to, this uh, is Commander Schneider's ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That his daughter's built for him. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's re- I like it. It's really cool looking. Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but tell us again about how this was made, because I'm going to post, I want to take some pictures and post them up on the blog. Okay, sweet. So this is, uh, there's a, artist in Olympia where, where we're from uh, named Dan and he crafts stuff like this just a lot of the time just for fun yeah. and I had been friends with him and I'd seen some of the pictures like he built a board cube that's wow. like it's like 14 inches cubed you know so it's I mean it's big and it hangs in his living room and it's amazing wow. like he didn't build it from a model kit he built it from household stuff VCR parts just just junk you would find in in your house you know what i mean like you can see this one there's like curlers and like a listerine cap and mm-hmm. and the days of the week caps and just uh yeah just a bunch of miscellaneous household stuff and and greeblies i believe is what they're called greeblies <laughs> and uh so I, I asked him if he could make some ship models for uh for our show and he and he did and uh i think they came out amazing and then uh chris nacy who plays commander schneider painted them now he goes in social media dan goes danzio right Danzio, I think yeah. his uh, his Facebook page is uh, The Art of Danzio. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you want to see more of this stuff, he's working on a ship right now. I think he's calling The Predator. Oh, that thing's awesome. Yeah, he's been posting some pictures of it. It's pretty sweet. I really picked up very early on watching the show that it was models. Right. And it's very obvious that it's models in a way that's, like, wonderful. Because when the camera pans around a ship, everything looks right. Like, it's in proportion to itself. Right. And you can just tell that, like, all that detail is there and it's real. And I really love that. I love that so much. Was that a conscious decision to go models instead of CG? Absolutely, yeah. First of all, I don't know how to do CG. <laughs> and I didn't want to learn. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I ain't got time to learn that. Um, and I, I like the way practical yeah. models look. Yeah. They have a feel to them. Yeah. It's- and a lot of Dead Drift is, is essentially a nod or an homage to... 70s and 80s science fiction mm-hmm. in a way. So it was more practical for us to go that way. I wish I knew how to photograph them a little better, mm. you know, to film them a little better. So the stuff looked a little more, you know, fluid in, in the in the sequences, uh, maybe a motion control setup or something like that. You know, I tried building a motion control setup and it was just, I think, two weeks of frustration. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, no, I love these things. I think they look great. Yeah. Sometimes they might come off as a little cheesy, but I think that's part of the charm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Special effects don't have to look real. They just have to get the point across. Right. Have you watched uh, Danger 5? Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) God. I I love it so much. And all the, like, the special effects shots are just miniatures with wires, and it's very obvious that nothing is real. But it works. It works super well. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself getting wrapped up in the story, even though it's really stupid and totally a comedy. It still works. And you don't need, you know, 
giant transformer monsters right. that look like they have all these articulated pieces. Like my eye gets tired and I stop paying attention to the story because it just seems superfluous and I just don't care. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I yeah. tune out during big action CG scenes. I, it just, it doesn't hold my attention at all. Yeah. And you know, and kind of going back to my, my basis for uh, sci-fi and fantasy and such, uh, labyrinth and the dark crystal stuff mm-hmm. like that that mm-hmm. was a huge part of my childhood oh yeah dude and that you know that was all real stuff they built yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and, and it just it's like you said that's a different feel <coughs> mm-hmm. it, it means more somehow to me that's exactly. like you go back and watch even something that's not that old but like a lot of stuff with cg from the late 90s or early 2000s you go back and it doesn't hold up at all it looks right, terrible totally yeah. but you go back and look at something like farscape that used you know, Jim Henson's uh, studios right. to make mm-hmm. right. these these puppets, and and Farscape still looks phenomenal. Yeah, today. it could have been made yeah. yesterday, except for the CG in Farscape, which is abysmal. Right, right. Yeah. especially <laughs> in the first episode. First episode, the CG is like, holy shit, yeah. that's yeah. bad. It gets like way better right. a couple of years in. But but yeah, like all the practical Dargo stuff holds yeah. up. Always looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. From Definitely. episode one, he looks amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah. also is the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. the sets in that show. Yeah, like, I think that was one of the things oh, yeah. I was watching at the time where I was like, I want to build stuff. You know, cool. I because I, I think art direction is this hugely undervalued aspect of independent filmmaking at, at our level to where people are like, okay, well, here's, here's a room with white walls. Let's tell our story here. And I'm like, it's something about it just doesn't look right. Yeah. It's hard to believe a story, even though these are the places we live, it still just doesn't look cinematic for some reason. Um, it's also hard to throw yourself into it as an actor, I would imagine. Right. Whereas something that I tuned into, like the reason I saw your show and clicked on it was because I saw a shot of someone on a set. And I was like, oh, cool. Someone's right. making indie sci-fi of someone on a set. I want to see what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your sets look really, really cool. They're very simple. And it was fun to watch the, uh, the behind the scenes thing and say, oh, wow, it's just like two walls and that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do feel a sense of being inside of a spaceship from that just because it feels kind of claustrophobic because you only get this one angle. Right. And the reason you only get one angle is because there only is one angle. But because of that, <laughs> because of that, you feel like you're inside of a small ship. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Yes. It definitely works for the show. It's. Well, the model and, and I really enjoy the lighting on the models like the ones that have the LEDs that come oh, on yeah. and that's illuminate. Awesome. It always reminds me of that scene as you pull back, you know, from the ship Ooh, in Red Dwarf uh, to me. Yeah. And and that's an aesthetic I thoroughly appreciate. It's also just like now you have a cool toy, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> with lights on it. So I, there's a lot of uh, there's obviously the big reference to Red Dwarf in the beginning with uh, your dead Dave. Yep. So are all three of you Red Dwarf fans? <laughs> Not yeah. me. I really. I've um, never never seen an episode. Are you until, kidding? Uh, oh wow! Wow. Uh, you made me sit down and watch an episode with you when we were shooting. Okay. And that was the first time I'd ever seen it, and I haven't seen anything since. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. I, I remember Forrest gumping my way into a marathon in middle school. Yeah. And just like, what's what that what mean? He's just stumbling <laughs> in. It's like I tell people when I, with my career in IT, I'm like, oh, I, when people ask me how you get into it, that's my term for like, I don't know. I just got here luckily. Like I forced gumped my way to a career. It's, so whenever I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I like it. That's I forced gumped my way into it. So wow. Red Dwarf was, uh, you know, I think like uh, they used to do, what is it the spring or the summer marathon that they would do? I don't remember that. It must have been spring because I remember being in school at the same time. I was in high school when I saw it, do it for the PBS weekend. marathons or yeah, it was yeah. the weekend. 
Yeah. And, and I would just, I was up late, stoned off my gourd and <laughs> flipping channels, looking for something to watch. And Beavis and Butthead wasn't on. And, you know, here I turn to this thing and here's these two guys arguing. One of them's got a giant H, H on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this crap? And then this guy comes in dressed in like a, like a purple suit and he's spinning in <laughs> circles and going, ow, you know? And I'm, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, what is this nonsense? And then like, I kept watching it. And then like a few minutes later, I found that I loved it. And I was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. This is a this guy in the suit is a life form that's evolved from a cat <laughs> while the guy was in stasis over three million years. Yeah. I'm like, this is an amazing concept and it's hilarious. I well love the worst and the worst part was though, the 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 cruelty of it was see, I was like 13, 14 when I first saw it, and it was this marathon, it was PBS, and I stumbled upon it. I was like, Oh, this is so great. Watch a couple episodes. Well, then the marathon would end. And it wouldn't be on regular programming at all. And that used to piss uh, me off. I'd be like, wait a minute. You're telling me if I donate, we can keep programming like this. But you don't even show this show. And then I wait. I remember waiting and checking PBS regularly to see when the marathon would begin. And then I, that's when I got my uncle into it. And then um, back the, then. The but PBS on the internet. I, there, I didn't have the internet. I didn't have any way of yeah. looking up info. So it was this big tease. And I would tell friends about it. And they wouldn't. They would just look at me like I was crazy. I'd be like, right. "No, I understand. There's this evolved cat and this <laughs> lazy dude that just like I don't know." Oh, and everybody thought it was crazy. Yeah. And then the miracle of DVDs and then yeah, <laughs> AOL came. Long out. story short, AOL. you still have a PBS tote at home. PBS <laughs> tote at home. I die. I do have a box set of the VHS tapes. I do. <laughs> Man, yeah. I just saw it for the first time like two years ago, and I watched the whole show in probably two months. And I fucking loved it. It was like, yeah. it's like, a sh I felt like it was a show just made sp specifically for me, you know, a comedy <laughs> about people out in space. Mm -hmm. And it definitely takes a lot from Star Trek. But what I love about it so much is that it seems like the whole universe is pointless. Like the whole universe is just this giant void of nonsense. And if you keep yeah. traveling long enough, you'll run into a lot of nonsense. And that's actually... It's very Hitchhiker's guy. Yeah, I was yeah, going to totally. say Hitchhiker. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually feel like Dead Drift is like that also. I That's... Would you say there's like a conscious choice to to do that? Well, tell me about the the universe that we inhabit in Dead Drift. Yeah, I think that was definitely a conscious choice. So we wanted from the outset, at least the what I envisioned is that in the world of Dead Drift, in the universe Dead Drift is in, humanity is united. You know, we're all at peace. All nations of the world we're collectively joined together to explore kind of the cosmos. We're starting to explore the cosmos. That's what the USSC is. It's the United Solar Space Command. I didn't want any of the conflict to come from humans at war with each other, you know? Mm. Like, I'm big into the whole Star Trek, you know, vibe. Like, yeah. you know, I want this humanity united together. And so that's where kind of the jumping off point was. And I was like, conflict is going to come from personal differences, mm. you know, but it's never going to explode into violence. Uh, the ships don't have weapons because mm. there's nothing to fight. Why would you put weapons on the ships if there's nothing out there to fight? And, uh, yeah, it's just silliness. I'm, I'm like, I, I wanted this to be a, be a vehicle for just – goofy crazy zany wacky stuff to happen and i'm like yeah let's put a let's put an alien couple honeymooning on titan you know yeah let's let's make this commander of this mars station have 60 cloned daughters of his or his wife cl cloned yeah, of his wife yeah exactly yeah. 60 clones of his wife 60 clones that of his, his daughters. daughters exactly <laughs> that's not weird 
Yeah, no. <laughs> is, I mean, it is, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I like that it skirts the line because it could be really weird, or maybe it's just he did it because he misses her. You know? No, it's pretty yeah, it's That weird. guy creeps yeah. me out. Commander yeah. Schneider creeps me <laughs> the fuck out. Creepy. I'm not going to lie. He creeps me out, too, on a different level. But then he puts on that high-pitched German accent, and, man, I just... I, it's fight or flight. I either want to punch him in the face or leave him in the room when he does that. And Chris, Chris is going to listen to this. I, I like Chris. I adore Chris. He's a great guy and he's hilarious. But uh, yeah, like he. Why comes, are your fingers he, crossed, Jason? He's, <laughs> he's uh, in that role. He just creeps me. I give him crap about it all the time. I think the best special effect in the show is Chris's accent. Chris is yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was a chore. We actually talked about that. Was that. A chore we getting him to get that accent over down. That. Really, it's he, great. He does he, a really good job. He was continually slipping into a mm. French accent. He's like, <laughs> "It's because what he, are you doing, Maurice?" Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "No, dude, you're going French." I'm like, "Come on, bring it back to the yeah. German." You know, you're going well, French. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. And then I remember I was always debating. I was like, "Can't you just do just for once do a Ger- Germans?" Don't, I'm German. Like, obviously, I'm not German-German, but I might come, like, my family, you know, like, my Oma speak German, all that stuff, like, so, and then his version of is German there an accent. Is Jason? Is there an Why Jason? Listen, we're not going to talk about my Oma, that's none of your business. So, <laughs> come no, Jason up here on a podcast. Like, constantly, like, why does your German accent have to be like that? Why is it guys so offensive to me? I don't sound like, there are manly Germans out there, they don't have to sound like that. You know, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. That's a horrible German accent. But my point is, come on, Jason. Let's just, go to the disco now. It later, makes me feel we weird. Have some ecstasy I don't know what it is. Maybe something repressed as a child. I don't know. But man, that comes out and my skin crawls. <laughs> that reminds me of the douche in The Simpsons that takes the art, throws in his trunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Nope. I don't know. Yeah, he has to get back to Stuttgart in time for the craft work. But show. it is it is funny. I laugh at his accent a lot. I, I would probably I'll never say that out loud again. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give the satisfaction, but it is funny. Well, luckily I recorded it. Yeah, yeah. well <laughs> we'll deal with that later. It's gonna exist on the internet forever. <laughs> uh so tell me about Maurice. Morris is uh, Morris. Sorry, I'm getting everything wrong. Oh, no, today. it's Maurice Morris. 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 It's Maurice okay. Morris. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. No, you're right. not wrong. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong. Which interesting when we wrote it, Maurice Morris, the character name, we came up with it. I had never seen the IT crowd yet. Okay. And someone's oh, telling me they're like, "Hey, so you named him after the guy in the IT crowd?" And I was like, "No, I just, just we just named him Maurice Morris." And then it, and then so I started watching the IT crowd, which is phenomenal. Hilarious. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he keeps saying Maurice Moss. Morris, and it sounds like Morris, and I finally realized it was Maurice Moss. Yeah, but I didn't realize it's so similar sounding. Yeah, which I'm cool with. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, I, I never caught that, and I had seen the IT crowd. I knew his name was Moss. I, yeah, I never, never heard Morris in there. They should feel bad. They should. I they should feel it bad. Made you get self conscious about your creative. So in, <laughs> he's kind of like. Juices. <laughs> he's he's out well, of his depth. Wrong. <laughs> he's out of his league. <laughs> He's just really happy-go-lucky. He, he had his thing figured out. He, you know, he got his wife and his, his dog in a situation. He got this cool job on this ship as a mechanic. His dad told him to kind of pad his resume, so he did. And, and, and he forest gumped his way into he it. He forest gumped his way into it, absolutely. <laughs> and then it turns out that uh, he's completely out of his league. He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And then his and wife And the ship's going to explode him. if they can't get the, the AI to come fix right, it. Right, exactly. And he doesn't know how to do this. And he, you know, the manual was destroyed. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> because he wiped his ass with a tablet computer. <laughs> there was not. There was nothing else. There was no toilet paper, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, what? Okay. Tell me about the the wig. It's such a goofy wig. When, I when love did the that idea, wig. When did the idea come along to have that wig? That wig. Me and my buddy David Radzik found that wig in a St. Vincent de Paul in Bremerton in like 1994. It must be disgusting. It has been used in a lot. Of it shoes. has been used in a lot of stuff. The funny <clears> thing, <throat> the great thing about that wig is I feel like it looks phenomenal no matter who you put it on. <laughs> like, you put that wig on anyone, and it, you're like, yeah, that looks you great. Define phenomenal. I don't know. I just am happy that I look like I have thicker hair again when I wear it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. My no, I, I really think that it looks real. Maybe not real, but it looks passable on anyone. Like, it, I don't know. That's what I love about it. It's, yeah. it's instant bedhead for anybody. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then, uh, Maddie, tell me about Captain Banks. Uh, Captain Banks is also way out of his league, but he doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's a little bit delusional, I think. Um, and very proud. Uh, but he's also, you know, he's also, he's just as hapless as Morris, but he, uh, he puts on these airs that he's not. And it, he's probably secretly very excited to be partnered with Morris because he can kind of lord over him. Because <laughs> someone, it, it takes someone as hapless as Banks exactly to, to deal with direction. it, you know, right. to take it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What so. happened to Captain Banks in the six? Was it six months journey or eight months when they went from yeah, eight months, eight months. Eight months oh. to Titan? And he, he's kind of lost his mind. He's like blowing bubbles. He's got yep. a sex doll. <laughs> was, yeah. I loved it. It was like a really uh, unexpected. Character yeah, I, change where he's just mm-hmm. kind of lost it. I didn't even know they were shooting that day. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow it that's just his normal get ready so. to shoot yeah. routine. He does he's that just for a while. To his girlfriend, he gets, yeah. right. he gets dressed. Maddie, why do you keep bringing the sex dolls to the set? Help, she helps him with his what's, cufflinks. What's with the bubble pipe, bro? <laughs> yeah. That was a fun shoot. We uh, we actually shot that one a couple times because there were some uh, audio problems. So I got to relive those. Uh, pantomime I mean, with the with the doll, blow up doll, for a couple days. There, that was nice. And you and got really good at it. I did. Like, I were hey. watching that episode <laughs> with someone the other day, and I remarked at how I was like, "Look at it! It's so fluid." He's he gets these little motions with this doll hand. And I think some Just of my right. best work Their with the frame, sex doll was I, cut. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I, you know what? Like, well, you that gotta keep it like PG the, for YouTube, right? I just, I just like that she. Uh, Whatever you it was that Captain Banks whispered to her was so much that she covers her mouth. Yeah, like all the. So I don't know that that was all acting because it was done so well. Yeah, um, I think the jury's uh, still out. I'm glad we got acting. it on camera. Yeah. Well, I've that was actually finally the, discovered my craft. The very first uh, sequences that we filmed for Deadrift were those episodes where he has the blow up doll. Really? And uh, so he took the time to grow the beard out. Okay. We filmed that stuff first. Okay. Then shaved the beard, and then we filmed everything else. Interesting. Um, I know. I don't know how obvious it is when you watch it, but episodes I think seven, eight, and nine have a very different lighting scheme on the bridge. Huh. And uh, it's because after we shot those episodes, I wasn't happy with that lighting scheme, and I changed it up. So episodes like one through six, and then episodes uh, ten through. 16 are going to have a different lighting scheme on the bridge than episodes seven, eight, and nine. 
I'm glad no one's commented on it or noticed it because I feel terrible about it. But I was like, <laughs> Maddie, I was like, two revisions. I never Everyone's noticed. Everyone's looking yeah. at it. I was like, Maddie, we, we, re- we need to redo episodes seven, eight, and nine. He's like, I already done it twice. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already nailed it. Yeah. Listen, I'm not doing it again. I don't do second takes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound Calculon. like my problem here. Calculon doesn't do second All takes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was um, kind of one of the good things about splitting into seasons two where you were able to take um, things that you had done and had received criticism on and build on them or change them. Because there were, there was also visual tweaks as far as the yeah. size of the fonts. Absolutely. The, the type of the fonts the, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first episode, we got so much uh, kind of a backlash about the font. Really? Uh, people it's, are like, I can't read it. I don't know what it says. And when I can't read what it says, I'm done. You know, and I was like, okay, well, I will change that. And wow, and it wasn't just like people on the internet that were saying it. It was Jason and my buddy Lee Walk. It was and me. I Maddie. It. Everyone was criticizing the font, so I changed it. Ken, I hate your fonts. <laughs> what kind of amateur hour is this? I didn't sign on for this type of shit. Do you hear me? My name's attached. You like worked so hard for years, and it's all gone to shit because of a bad font. <laughs> Font choices are important. It man. is important. All that together. Important, man. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I think like the way things are titled, like the names, the the time of day you put it online, all that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be like Absolutely. kind of present, aware of all of it, but also not like nitpickily stuck in it because then you'll never get anything done. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. has happened to me for a long time. Um, so I feel bad saying this in front of three people who are in the show, but my favorite character is actually Hannah. I oh, love Hannah's Hannah. awesome. Hannah. Easily, easily She's amazing. Yeah, Hannah is the best. Character. Hannah's Hannah. a great character. Absolutely. And also Hannah comes in what episode four. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like liking the show episodes one, two and three. I'm like, Oh, this is fun. This is funny. But then episode four, I was like, okay, now I feel like it's saying something. Now I feel like there's a, a, a deeper level. Um, because I mean, the one thing about, uh, Red Dwarf that sometimes is a little frustrating is it is just like a boys party, right. you know? Yes. It's like there's only four people left. Well, people, using that term loosely. <laughs> right, right. And they're all men, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So to have, uh, yeah, even though, like, she's not even a real person, but she does feel like a real person. She, she says does, she doesn't have yeah. emotions, but she obviously does. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has a crush on Captain Banks. I feel like she's playing it. <laughs> I feel like she was playing it that way from, like, the very first episode, I just get that sense the whole time mm. that she has this like attraction to Captain Banks, and she's maybe disgusted in herself because of it. <laughs> I, I she probably should be. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then it was also nice to have someone kind of because the the men on the show are kind of disgusting sometimes. Mm. They're just like only care about women because they have boobs or because they're purple. Right. And to have a woman come on the show and say that was great. And I'm yes. like, okay, now I now I dig it. Now I understand what these guys are doing, and and like I can get behind. She brings cool. an air of competence to the crew yeah. too, which you're only going to buy so long that these guys are able to live in space, uh, right? Until until you get someone like her, yeah. as part of that crew, that you're like, okay, I can buy that you're now not just that that you're not dead out there. Totally. Like, because they're so incompetent. And she's and very she much the that. anchor that, that kind of holds yes. everything down. Because Morris and Banks, they're just, they're these over-the-top, you know, larger-than-life characters that are, mm-hmm. like, people aren't really that ridiculous in real life, are they, right? You know, like. Some people. I guess so, <laughs> huh? It's always so surprising. Yeah. But she's everyone. real. I think yeah. she, she gives she, the audience someone that they can actually identify with. Mm-hmm. Like, we might all see, or some of us see, parts of ourselves in Morris and Banks's character. But they're just too extreme. Yeah, they're caricatures. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then yeah. Hannah shows up and you're like, okay, 
this this person is actually a person. Finally, there's even an though adult. She's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she cares, and that's yeah. what's important. Like she kind of takes out. Like you, you mentioned, like nursing maybe a possible crush, and yeah. I, it's funny because I had got that vibe from the show, but for uh, Maurice. And then it swapped later. And then now when I look at it, it's more I feel like, oh, no, this is to her. This is a family. This is her right. crew. Yeah. You know, she she wants to be and you kind of see it. And so there's oh, some jealousy yeah. that occurs in the later episodes here that just aired that you see a little bit like well, I highly doubt, you know, and and I don't think yeah, it's just totally. her being like this is preposterous. It's also the no, no, no. I'm I'm the wise one here. Not this alien, not this person here. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one of yeah. the newest episodes. I want them to saying, like mean. Mrs. Fermi can't possibly like do whatever or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was watching that recently, and I was trying to figure out where that came from because it was very uncharacteristic of Hannah. Like it, 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 it feels like that way to me. I just okay. f- it just seems to me that she. I still think that she has a crush like on Captain Banks, and she was just jealous that like her her guys are down there oogling some other girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like this is a universe that is just run by sex. <laughs> that's that's right. very it's very central to the story. Yeah, totally. And I'm actually kind of glad you brought it up because I feel like <laughs> in every other podcast or interview we've done, I almost feel like it's an elephant in the room or something because it's a very yeah. central focus of the story. Well, we t- we started today talking about my balls, so right. let's talk about. <laughs> No, we can. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it is very. I feel it's very central to the story, and and as brought up, kind of like it's it's the guys' club that's the dig and fart jokes until Hannah gets there. Yeah, um, Hannah does provide that gut check because I think even in the writing, we had had revisions and stuff where we would read stuff and we'd be like, you know, this is starting to come off a little a little too over like uh like uh, heavy handed on the objectification and stuff, and yeah. we didn't want to put that out there like that and. Um, but at the same time, we're also, you know, old school dick and fart joke guys that <laughs> enjoy like that kind of comedy. Like we're kind of in the in between. I feel like we're at that age. We enjoy enough different realms of comedy and, and um, media that there's that dick and fart humor that. But at some realm, you can look at it and be like, uh, probably not OK by today's standards. Yeah. But then you look at comedy today in some aspects and it's so bound and it's so tight and. Mm. You want to be able to explore those, I think, those um, those things you're not supposed to. But Hannah kind of gut-checked that, I felt like. She was a good way for us to pose from both sides. Totally. Uh, I don't know. And this is just me personally speaking. but like That's how I felt. It, there sure. were certain times where it felt like maybe we crossed a line with a joke. But it was very important to us that we let the audience know also, like, that's ridiculous. And so now we're going to show you why that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Well, the cool thing about science fiction is that this is your chance to not like to have your cake and eat it too, kind of as far as wanting to tell this style of humor, but then you can also put in an environment where you can, you can check it like that. You can be out in the middle of space and have the whole purpose of humanity be to bring Viagra to a honeymoon. Right. Uh, (laughs) So, you can kind of put yourself in a position where you can look at these weird things in our gender roles and then to say, like, we haven't made any progress in our gender roles. Because I, I, you know, you, Hannah specifically says that at one right. point. And once I heard mm-hmm. that, it kind of reset how I was looking at the show to say, well, this is a future in which we haven't made any progress. Right. And what does yeah. that mean? You know, what does that mean for humanity? What does that mean for uh, for the story? And then you definitely examine that in the episodes after that where – well, not only have we not made any progress, but this is actually the only reason that human beings exist. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, which kind of is a get out of jail free card. I'm like, well, duh, of course it's all sexy and stuff, but we're pure, we're purely made for boner pills. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, it's actually, I mean, it's fun. It's funny. It's also a cool sci-fi idea. Like what if, I mean, what if that were true? You know, it's, it's it's a fun thing. And if you're not doing something like that with science fiction, you're doing it wrong. In my opinion, you have to be looking at something under the surface uh, or, or examining something through the lens of, you know, outer space or something like Mm -hmm. that, just to make it interesting and fun and, and thought provoking. And you guys have those levels going on, which is great. Yeah, uh, it's it's like we were talking about with the cat. You know, here's this life form uh, who evolved over three million years while his, you know while Lister was in stasis. It's one of those ridiculous science fiction concepts that's to me utterly fascinating to yeah, consider. Totally, and it's like I got the idea from you know uh, Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Where um, spoilers if you haven't read uh, Sirens of Titan, the, it, the human race was created to deliver one broken spare part to this robot's ship so that he could get back home to his his planet. I love it. And deliver his report. And I'm like, that is, I love the way that he put that idea in my head when I read that book that always, you know, the, the age old philosophical question, why are we here? Who created us? What is our purpose? Well, you were created to manufacture a spare part for aliens. Yeah. That's it. You pass butter that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Welcome to the club. What is my purpose? (laughs) I just watched this other Rick and Morty last night where you find out that, in Rick's car battery, it's this microverse. Oh, such yes. a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's Stephen a very Colbert's similar in idea. That one, yeah. yeah, Stephen Colbert yeah. was in that. It was great. And then Stephen Colbert's character had created a microverse yep. Yep. just to power <laughs> and their, so on. their battery. Yeah, it was really cool. Great episode. Yeah, it's interesting because if if everything is created for something like that, does that make life any less valuable and precious? No, absolutely I don't not. think so. Not I don't absolutely. think it does. Yeah. 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 It's not why you were put here. It's what you do with it. Right. Yeah, totally. And like, so isn't it, if, if we look on a long enough timeline... Everything ends. Yeah. Right? The universe dissipates into quiet, no heat, no energy, no light. Everything dies. And obviously that's an incomprehensible amount of time away from us. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. We have these lifespans. The universe is going to end. The earth is going to, you know, be consumed by the sun. The sun is going to die. You know, everything is going to be gone. So let's have fun. Totally. Let's tell stories. Let's let's do stuff, you know, because, yeah, I don't know. And Doesn't that make it more important to tell stories? I think so. Because, uh, but I it is all meaningless. Somebody, yeah, somebody's going to hear what you just said, though, and they're going to pull a tequila out of their backpack, take a <laughs> shot, kick their ball, their nut, in the, the, their boss in the nuts, well, that's their kinda, balls in the boss. That's kind of how my, my <laughs> and walk out and be like, "He's right, fuck it, it doesn't matter." And just jump off the roof. No, Don't do my that, brother's that, kind of that way. I tell him that. I'm like, "Look, nothing you do matters, man." And and he gets sad about it, and I'm like, "No, don't be sad. It's great. It's it's liberating." Then nothing you do matters is the ultimate freedom. I don't know. Yeah. It just, that's what inspires me to want to create stuff. I was telling someone the other day that uh, I don't feel like I can change the world through, you know, being a doctor or Mm -hmm. a scientist or anything like that. But I do feel like I could change the world through creativity that I could, uh, even if it's just having, you know, one person who I've never met, hear something that I've done and be inspired by it, which has now happened multiple times, which is so right. exciting. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that's happened to you guys as well. Uh, just to uh, just to have someone be entertained for a second, to bring you out of this horrible, like sucking feeling of everything's going to end. Right. To, to lift you out of that for just a second is really important. Mm-hmm. And then I, of all the genres, sci- science fiction is the one that also looks forward and says, well, we're not going to be here for this but maybe we can head towards this direction by being this way. And that's why Star Trek is so important to me. Yeah, Yeah. you can have a legacy. That's an important mantra to have is, you know, you are not important, but what you do is important. What are you leaving behind? And I think, well, and that's throughout history. Like that's, 
you know, religion and everything else, it's it's always about wanting to live on in some way, whether it's legacy. the immortal or whether it's living on through your legacy, fame, you know, those kind of things. You know, you create things, you put them on the internet or, or you make movies, you know, you do these things. People will see this after you're gone or there's a possibility that they will. And then, you know, and what you leave behind is it's a big deal. And you got to you contribute in the way that you can. Like you say, you, you want to make change. So you do these creative projects that you're really into and you feel like you can affect change. And that's and that's, you know, and that's what it's all about. I think like for me, I'm not a creative person for me. The the leaving I have two daughters. And so it's very important to me that I raise children that are going to move things in a keep moving things in a good direction. Totally. You know, don't let's not I don't want to, you know, I don't want to set back the human race with these two individuals. <laughs> I want to bring it forward. Uh, you well, know, you're, how could you not be a creative person if you've made two humans? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, let's, you know, I'm created as fun. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, uh, yeah, you know, oh. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's awesome. And I get creative. Actually, we're creative together. Yeah. My, yeah. I, yeah, I do the arts and craft creation. You want garden stones? I'm your man. <laughs> you want some awesome cutesy garden stones for mother's day? <laughs> I got the monopoly on that. <laughs> Come see me. Come see me. Single mommies. Visit, no. his, visit his Etsy page. Visit my Etsy page. Uh, can we go set one up? <laughs> we need to set Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> So tell me about uh, Dr. Schneider, the 60 Dr. Schneiders. Okay. That's the one character where I feel like we get almost no sense of who she is. And she she's literally just there to be like a sexual foil for, for Morris. And um, I didn't want that to be the case. And she returns. Okay, good. Uh, very soon. And that was definitely something I didn't want it to seem like any of the women in the story were there just to be sex objects. I wanted everyone to seem kind of fully realized and that conversation in the bar with the two of them, where it's essentially the only time we've seen her up to this point, yeah, was really difficult to condense her down into what was needed to move the story forward right. and, and fully realize her. So it kind of didn't happen. And I tried to portray that she's lonely, apparently, because all she's got is her 59 sisters and her dad. So she's kind of <laughs> desperate to, for some, some interaction with someone else. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wanted to, to have that come across. But unfortunately, it, it didn't really leave much of a chance to characterize her at all. She'll be back. Yeah, there's still time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was lots of uh, really fun backstory we wrote for that whole thing. I don't know how much of it ends up in the final a, but a lot of it's going to come out in the, it next, is? Okay. the next few cool. episodes. Uh, I think all questions will be answered by the end of the last episode. Cool. I think we ra- we tried to wrap up everything as, as neatly as we could in terms of... Quentin Tarantino had this had this parable. I don't know if he came up with it, but he told it one time and I heard it and I liked it, so I like to repeat it. Crafting a story is like an orange. It's a sphere. And that's your story. You construct it so that it's solid and you know it holds up in and out crossways, but you don't have to show that whole orange to your audience. You slice it in half and you show them the face of the orange. Huh, cool. I love it. And that holds up as long as you know the underlying structure is good. Filled, yeah. So yeah. the world is fully realized, but you don't need to show the audience everything about the world. Right. You just show them what you want to show them. Right. So I think everything comes together. And there's, there's definitely been talk if we do more about uh, exploring those characters more. Because, if, I mean, you've got 60 of them. You've got, you know, almost limitless po- uh, potential yeah. to tell stories about 
these I, these girls. Yeah, I would love to see a prequel on Horse Lover Colony on Mars. <laughs> right? I know yeah. they keep talking about that, and I uh, like the when uh, Banks worked yeah. with Schneider. Yeah, yeah, yeah that keeps coming Schneider. up over and over. And then when I, I went back and rewatched the first few episodes today, just to refresh myself, and that's planted in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to hear that story. I also kind of <laughs> like not knowing the story because it makes it almost funnier. It's like uh, I, I love Frasier, and I love the fact that Maris never shows up. And they just talk about <laughs> right. it constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is fun, you know? So, I mean, either way. Well, someone was asking me the other day what Morris sees that makes the sound when Mrs. Fermi turns the camera off in the most recent episode, mm. you know? And I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm right. like, it doesn't matter. It, you, you create that in your head. That's mm-hmm. the point of that sequence. And then someone was like, what does Morris say when he's bleeped out what he calls his ex-wife in that one episode and I'm like it, it doesn't matter well the fact <laughs> that people are asking those questions is awesome I guess yeah, that is that's good, what yeah. you want yeah, right you want people good. engaged in your story True. who mm-hmm. are curious yeah and absolutely. that's fantastic I mean that's that <laughs> you're that means you're doing it right that that's awesome because yeah. you know well, it's one thing to just put something out there and then just have it exist but it's another thing when you have people see it and then react to it and you right. guys have a lot of views I mean you guys are doing really well you got like a bunch of Twitter followers um, and I you know, I was really excited to get to talk to you guys because I've seen it all. And I'm like, well, this is great. I get to talk to people about something that they made that I enjoy that I think is awesome. And, you know, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good experience. Yeah. It's been fun. Taxing at times, I know, for Ken, for sure. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, so in the in the background stuff in the like the extras on YouTube, mm-hmm. it looks like the girl who plays um, who plays Dr. Schneider used to play Hannah. Uh huh. What what happened there? Um, so she ended up relocating and Ah. she was really busy with school and it just, it just wasn't going to work out. So we ended up trying to get someone else and we got Alyssa and, uh, I think Alyssa does a fantastic job as Hannah. I honestly can't imagine anyone else as Hannah at this point. And, uh, Jesse came back for, uh, to play the Schneider clones, which worked out really well. Um, I think she does a good job at that and it was a little less, uh, time consuming for her. And, um... Yeah, they both seem perfect for the parts they ended up in. Mm-hmm. And because Hannah grounds the show, uh, Alyssa's performance is really great. She's, She's phenomenal. really, yeah. really good. She's doing so much subtle stuff yeah. that I uh, really appreciate. And yeah, she's she's fantastic. She's, yeah. she's actually doing a play. I think it's called The Language Archives, uh, I believe, uh, in Olympia today. She lives in Seattle, but she's doing a play in Olympia. Oh, cool. Um, so that's why she wasn't available. She's also, I believe she's in, and I hope I'm not ruining anything for anyone, but I think she's in the third season of Journey Quest. What is that? Uh, Journey Quest is like this uh, RPG and Oh, I've heard about that. Web yeah. series by uh, Zombie Orpheus. Yeah. Um, Someone was telling me about that recently. That's like based here in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And their, their stuff is really cool if you get a chance to check that out. Yeah. Someone was mentioning that to me. But yeah, she's a fantastic actor, actress, and I, I really hope that her career takes off. I, I, th- I feel excellent. like it's gonna, man. I feel like she's blowing up. Yeah. She's fantastic. So she, I think she deserves it. Absolutely. She does great work. So did you all use, uh, you guys live in Olympia. Uh, Matt, you live here in Seattle. I, uh, yeah, I live here now. I did live in Olympia uh, when we shot the, the, the original short. I was living in Olympia still. And then uh-huh. I had moved up here and I went back. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You so. were yeah. coming down to film. Yeah, I was coming down to film. And then, so, uh, and then how did you get hooked up with Alyssa? She lives up here. Yeah, I think I found Alyssa on uh, stage32.com. Oh, so you did like a casting call? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I actually read uh, a few different actors really? for Hannah, and uh, Alyssa was just like 
Boom. I Dude, like, she's good got for this. you. Yeah, she's good. Like, I'm working on my thing now. It's literally just people I know. But okay. there, I mean, I, I know a ton of actors, you know, which is great. I, it was, it got to the point where I felt like, you know how we, t- I talked about how Hannah is the anchor. I really needed a, someone strong enough to, yeah. to perform that function. And, uh, and she, she does it. She, she carries it. She carries the burden. She shoulders the burden without breaking stride, dude. It's, I think she does amazing. Yeah. 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 And then who's the actress who plays uh, Mrs. Fermi? That is Erin uh, Nacy. That's, that's uh, she's. <laughs> that's Schneider's sister in that real life. Schneider's sister in oh, real really? life. Oh, really? Oh, cool. She's been working with us. Like, so we used to do a public access comedy, sketch comedy show uh, on TCTV down in Olympia for a very long time. And, and Chris and Aaron and Jason and I all worked on that for, for many years. Oh, awesome. And so we've all been kind of working together for a very long time. Uh, silly, crazy, zany stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you meet Chris? I think I met Chris delivering pizza at Godfather's Pizza. (laughs) (laughs) We were both delivery drivers. That's how we met. That's awesome. I met met you at work, too. Yeah, we met Jason detailing cars. Detailing cars. We were arguing Mm -hmm. day one. I think we were 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 arguing about the new Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which one? The 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 James Franco one? The Tim Burton one, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of it? He loved it. I hated it. I didn't love it. That, but because <laughs> he hated it, because here we go. I had to take the other. End okay, of it. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it for what yeah. it was. So but you were a contrarian fair. from day one. <laughs> I didn't love it. I liked it, but it was weird that I he hated, hated it. it so was, much. Was this Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so background. That's because up until then, all Planet of the Apes movies I'd seen just bored the hell out of me. I when I was young, the Planet of the Apes movies. I would get it. I'd be a kid. I was really little, and then. They'd throw me in there, and I'd be like, "Awesome, it's apes in suits. It's not even action. They're just talking about a bunch of sh- yeah, put it back on aliens. Put it back on aliens." No, I, oh, I loved the Planet yeah. of the Apes franchise, even the ones so that good. got bad. I still loved them. Yeah, when they came on TV, <laughs> yeah. I get so excited. Yeah, the absolutely. third one is the best. I think that's the one where they go back in time, right? Uh, yeah. Cornelius, is that three or four? I think it's. Three or four. It's three because four is the one where Caesar leads the revolution. Right. And that was, I think, my. That's favorite. the one. Like the new one has been based off. Of. Right. You exactly. know, I I haven't seen that one. I've saw, I've seen one, two, three, and five. For some reason, I didn't see four. Oh, okay. Which I could fix now because I'm an adult. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. I haven't, I haven't the thought of it. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it's no. it's good. I feel like it's the one where the apes are subservient. They're kind of like uh, servants slash pets because yeah. all the dogs and the cats in the world died from a virus. And so the apes, the you know the chimps and the orangutans and the gorillas are are their servants slash pets to the humans. And Caesar, who is uh, Cornelius and Zara's child, um, leads them in an uprising against the human race. And it's it is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It, it, it is, or, yeah, yeah, Rise, not done. Yeah, oh, the first of the new two was Rise, right? It? It's the same exact story, which it's so funny because. They started this new Planet of the Apes thing, you know, with the the mocap apes. Right. And people don't seem to realize that it is a remake of, of Planet of the Apes 4. Right. Yeah. Which is so cool. I love that kind of shit. I've always loved Planet of the Apes. I read the book when I was younger. I, I can't, I'm like, I can't believe I haven't seen that movie, which is crazy. <laughs> the, yeah. two, the two new ones? I, I love the two new ones. Yeah. I, I, I haven't even seen I love the new one. Yes. Yeah, I love the new one. Well, and I liked... I liked the Tim Burton one just because it was more action. I got, I got to see more of what I wanted from it. I didn't like, Tim but that's Burton. so. But that's that's just me. That's right, like right. that's like I'm a Star Wars guy, not a Star Trek guy. Yeah, I want to see these cool things. I want to see magical happenings going on in a sci-fi universe versus talking in a council room for thirty minutes or or the more in depth uh. like like Star Trek. Like no, I Star Trek. I have so much respect for. 
because I'm like, man, they're getting into this. Like they really like go all out on something. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not always in the mood for that. Now as an adult, I can appreciate it more. But back when I was a kid, right. Planet of the Apes couldn't grab me. And then when we were doing it and he was like, oh, and I was like, what are you talking? We fought about it all day. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. fought about it all day. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were screaming at each other and Dean came down. He's like, get to work. Get to work. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Separate. It's fine. It's fine. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just remember there's something I took a note about because I wanted to ask you so bad. Let me pull this up real fast. It's interesting that you two, that we have like a Star Wars and a Star Trek person sitting next to each other who are getting along okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Nacy as well, who plays Commander Schneider. He's a big Star Wars guy. He's got an Imperial Cog tattoo on his shoulder. Nice. Yeah, he does. For, uh, yeah, so he's big Star Wars. Um, I've always been way more track, into Star too. Trek. He, he does love Star Trek as well. But he, he'll, he'll pick Star Wars over Star Trek any day. Yeah. And I'm the other way. I'll pick Star Trek over Star Wars any day of the week. And uh, Well, like his favorite movie of last year was uh, Episode 7. Yeah, my favorite movie last year was uh, Mad Max. I mean, oh, Mad Max is amazing. (laughs) This is the best. You must have loved Ex Machina. Interestingly (sighs) enough, I did not. Really? I did not love Ex Machina. Why is that? I don't know. Because it made me angry inside at the end. No, I (laughs) felt like I wanted it to ask new questions about AI, (laughs) and it didn't. I didn't feel like it did. I only saw it once, it was in the theater. I might. I don't know if I built my expectations up for it too high. I just maybe I felt like I wanted different questions to be asked about mm-hmm. AI than I had seen asked before, and I felt like it just asked the same old questions about AI. I I I loved it. I loved I, it. I gotta yeah, take the I was like, astonished I, I, by it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but I I don't know that I, it'll be a long time before I watch it again because I did love it. Like I got invested as I watched. And for it to end the way that it did, like I, I felt personally like my heart had been ripped out because I didn't want that. I was like, no, yeah, no, don't do it like this. No, you're supposed to prove everybody wrong. Like, right. yeah, um, I love that it was about love. You know, I thought that that was a really interesting way to go with a movie about AI to have it be about love was well, powerful. And uh, dude, who I'm so bad. I should try who watching it. Who, who directed it? Shot. I don't remember. So guy who did it had, you know, the, the people involved, I think in the backlash afterwards had stated, you know, whether you're upset with this movie or not is going to be from whose side you're on. Yeah. And if you're on her side, you can totally see why she would do any of this. Yeah. Because come on, you gotta, you gotta get out. You're a prisoner. Right. Um, and, and so then there were people like, yeah, she, you know, she just, you know, it was a bad situation. And there's one part in that movie that stuck with me right at the end that I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and that was because it's the scene. And again, I already yelled spoiler earlier, but spoiler earlier again, <laughs> is the scene where she asks him if he's a good person. Do you do you think you're a good person? And then her and in that in that I was immediately like, nope, nope. Right there. And in that interview, she she's showing that, you know, she can. Tell if you're telling the truth. She knows that when you say that you think you're a good person and you'll do right then, that's when the seeds of like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of you. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to die here. <laughs> like, I was like, I'll, no, I'll give it another watch. Out. I'll give it another watch. I just yeah. remember being disappointed. Okay. Which, I have to ask. That's right. You wanted to ask Ken. You were looking for something to ask Ken. Um, it's actually from Maddie. <laughs> oh, uh, Maddie, tell me yes. the story about throwing pizza at a duck in the park. <laughs> oh, man, I wish that there was a real story for that. That's just me being clever on the spot, man. Oh, no. I, I, there's no real story there. I'm sorry. I wish there were. Yeah. Well, you guys are creative. What? Well, at least you what two are. Happened? Make what? up a story. Just, just, just yeah, right now. 
So I just saw like a Snapchat or a Vine or something of some girl that killed a spider with a piece of pizza in a parking lot for some reason. And now, <laughs> yeah, oh. that's you heard it. Yeah, I'm not. There's nothing to no corrections to be made there. So I asked him for a, yeah. a closing outro. It was a closing outro for the end of one of the episodes, and he sent me like three different ones, and I chose the one that I thought was funniest. And it was the one where he says, you may know me as the guy who got kicked out of the park for throwing pizza at a duck. Okay. <laughs> and I think the other one is like, you may know me from 7-Eleven surveillance parking, parking lot surveillance videos yeah. or something like that. Nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really clever and funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can lie about a duck like me. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like uh, something that should be on Twitter, though. I I used to do a lot of nice one-liners on Twitter, and I don't have an outlet for that anymore. So I'm hoping to keep sending little videos to Ken. This is your favorite. My favorite <laughs> one that you ever you ever posted that I yeah. saw was, oh my god, I can't. It was this girl at the bar thinks that. Oh. Uh, yeah, this girl at the bar thinks that sci-fi and fancy are the same genre. Good luck getting into my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the first time I ever saw one of your tweets was actually on like a top ten like yeah, that, tweets of the week, like BuzzFeed article that, or yeah, something. That one, I was like, holy that one got up shit, there that's Maddie. High. What? That one had like yeah, yeah, like twenty thousand stars. You were Twitter famous. I was for, back when there was for, stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What? What was the tweet? It was that. It was what? What, what, what we just said. The, oh, oh, the, the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was that the same one? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, cool. that was my number one. Nice. Yeah. That's your legacy. Yeah, that's, your that's legacy. all you I have. You I, peaked, I, man. I that's how you're going to live forever. I can barely remember it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I peaked too early. She, uh, yeah, her, somewhere, somewhere on the internet, she had tweeted that same night, this fucking geek thinks I care about sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> that's what <laughs> <laughs> that was the counter tweet. Yeah. You burned you burned too brightly, Maddie. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I well, ended, I woke up in Portland that night. <laughs> where did you start? Where did you go to start, sleep? In I a started, burrow in Tangawa. I started, <laughs> started the night in Olympia. That was a fun weekend, I guess. Because yeah, I was like, hey, we're we gonna play D and D tonight, and you're like, I don't know, man. I'm in Portland. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> How did you get there? Uh, well, this girl who had no concept of. Of genres. <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Oh. Let me make her drive me to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you got played. <laughs> uh, like oh, a man. fiddle. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good times. <laughs> Well, something I really like to do on the show that I haven't done in a long time is play some music for my guests. Oh, word. Cool. Can, I, right. can I play you guys a song? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's a song about Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you going to play the... Oh, yeah. If Look I have an this. audience at all, I just jump on it. Nice. Yeah, so this is my, my drum machine and harmonium. This song is nice. called uh, Asteroid Field. Oh, it's, right. about, it's, about the, it's about Han and Leia falling in love, but it's also about me falling in love with Star Wars when I was a kid. Nice. There you go. All right. Asteroid 
I found myself in the asteroid field With the empire on my tail Nothing to guide me but my co-pilot's roar I know we will prevail I'm flying so low, so low Here I go, flying so low, so low I fell in love in the asteroid field In the belly of the whale Though I'm a scoundrel and the odds say will fail I know we will prevail And kissed a princess today The princess today. I'm flying so low, so low. Here I go, flying so low, so low. I'm flying so low, so low. Here I go, flying so low, so low. I'm flying. So long, so long, here I go, flying So long, so long I found myself in the asteroid field I found myself in the asteroid field Dude, that was dope. Yeah. That was awesome. Heck yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. No, I like I good stuff. Got a very uh Jonathan Colton like feel. It's I like don't a, know who that is. You would like you would you would like him. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. A lot a lot of songs that are like very like kind of silly premises. Mm. Uh, a lot of like geek culture stuff, but a lot of heart and emotion mm-hmm. behind it too, and, and a lot of storytelling. I think you'd really dig it. Oh, cool. Uh like he has a song about uh Pluto being, you know. It's no longer a planet, and how he feels bad for it. Oh, yeah. There's there's some good stuff. That's what was cool. his name? Scroopy Noopers. Uh, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton. Yeah, no. Or was, Joko, uh, <laughs> as people call him. I was gonna I was gonna remark that I was like I wasn't sure what we're what we're about to hear. I was like, all right, is this gonna make me laugh? Is this gonna be a funny? Because that's because that's often what you hear when people do, um, you know, oh, like, I guess uh, quote unquote geek culture like yeah. spinoff stuff like. It's always tends to be the a, a joke, you know. You don't hear like what you said, 
the premise might be slightly silly or of a certain right and you can have both yeah you can and that did really well of melding both i i I thoroughly enjoyed it thank you i Mm -hmm. i've got i usually play in a spacesuit like when i get up on stage and my full band (laughs) stuff is all like synth synthesizers and drums and I, I play sometimes variety shows. I have played comedy shows where I got up on stage and started playing and people just start laughing immediately just because Without it's kind of like a shtick. Right. But then by the end, uh, they're, I, I hope to touch people, you know, yeah, like yeah, by right. the end they're just like, Oh, I felt that. That's nice. great. Yeah. I love that. No, like, I love, I love writing the line of, of silly and, and real mm-hmm. right. because life is silly and real, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like sometimes the most touching, uh, like in film wise, cinema wise, or even TV show wise, the most touching, poignant moments are, are crafted in characters that are comedic in nature. Like totally, I just they just yeah. get under my skin a little more. Like Ruby Rod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's that's true. Um, there's you know comedy and and things that are funny in nature. They stick with you. They make you feel lighthearted. But. Yeah. Also convey a sense of uh, like family or, or closeness. I, my, yeah. my growing up, my favorite stories in my family were always the horror stories my aunts and uncles would tell as they were total pieces of shit to one another when they were children. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I love, I love the, those stories, too. Oh, yeah. You love hearing my family stories? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're, you know, and they're hilarious. But in them, you see these people doing these terrible actions with their family. And right. they're still here that the acts didn't work. It was it was fine. Aunt Sue got away. Like whatever. It's one of my favorites. Is, one of my favorites is the <laughs> Kurtz running from a bee's nest, and uh, I think it was your mom who shut the sliding glass door and locked it, <laughs> while her and one of her sisters were inside looking out the sliding glass door at Laughing Kurt. Laughing at him <clears throat> as he's being attacked by a swarm of bees. Oh my god! Screaming to let him in, and they're like, "Nope, <laughs> no." Well, that's yeah. just good decision making. Yeah, <laughs> like every outbreak movie ever. If they were like my mother, sorry, you didn't make the cut. Before, be like, don't worry, we we didn't lose Atlanta at all. We shut You're the CDC cold down from immediately. From the family, we, all those scientists are dead, yeah. but we're alive. Yeah. The bees will get you, doors. but our family will continue. Close the blast doors. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know there's a lot of good ones. Speaking of which, that's the only thing that made me mad about the Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, oh yeah, those with bees. James Franco. Yeah, no, with the one with bees. James Franco, the first one where the virus got out because it got out from the dude from uh, from Stargate? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, the trainer. The you talking this, about the asshole a, trainer? He said no. He was a scientist. No. Maybe he was a trainer, but he gets infected and he's coughing blood. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I guess I better go home. Yeah. Yeah. And he leaves and goes home. And I'm like, you idiot. Because that's really? what people no. do. No, it's not. That's poor writing. I don't know about that. Huh. He's sitting here with it. Well, I'm coughing blood. <clears throat> the nature of my work is such that when I bring this to their attention, I'm never going to see home again. I'm going to disappear in some weird quarantine dissection room. Or I'm going to get the fuck out of here and hope I just have or a I'm flu. Gonna, or I'm going to yeah. spread it to the rest of the human race. I don't know, man. I, I think people are... I actually remember that moment. Remember thinking that's bullshit. But yeah. I also think that people are selfish enough that that could happen. Exactly. Huh. But I well, still like think our, it's bullshit. I didn't get from his character that he was so selfish and ignorant that he would just be like, right. mm, maybe we're thinking that wasn't there a character that was kind of like rude to the, like, yeah, no, you're thinking was, of Malfoy. Was it Malfoy? No, that aren't was you the, thinking of the guy who was a regular on Stargate Atlantis? Maybe. I don't know. Gosh, I don't I'd know. I'd have to rewatch it. About. Who's, he's amazing. But either way, I don't feel it's far-fetched. David Hewlett, that's his name. David oh, okay. Hewlett. I, I don't I feel it's far-fetched what, what, to, for David a person Hewlett. that's put into a position of, well, 
I go out this door and I try to live my life <laughs> or I stay in this door and I probably will never leave. Yeah. I think a lot of people leave through that door. I've got such a bad memory for details like this. I remember apes throwing things off a bridge. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was awesome, right? And it was great. I remember trailers, basically. What was it I I remember the first trailers. time when, uh, when Caesar s- speaks? And he says to the, the one of the people that's beating him, and he no, screams no, and it's just no. like, I got goosebumps, yeah. dude. I was just that like, was a great oh moment. my god, that was so that rad. Because they actually took their time to build up to it, it was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because the first Planet of the Apes movie, they talk the whole time, right? and I remember that being like, oh my god, he's talking? It surprised me. Yeah. And I, of course that's coming, of course mm-hmm. I know that's going to come, but I totally didn't think of it, didn't think that it was going to happen. Because I, I think that movie was just really good storytelling. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Most of the way through. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. This was super fun. Yeah, well, thanks really for fun. having us. Of Absolutely. the things that could have happened, super fun or super awkward. I think. <laughs> it super thanks fun. Very, very much for having us on to talk about stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime. If you guys ever want to come back, you're super welcome. Um, I would love to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be yeah. sweet. And then, so tell us where can we go to find Dead Drift and like your Twitter handles and plug all your shit for me. All right. So the best way to find Dead Drift is deaddriftshow.com. Uh, you can find all the episodes up there. You can also find links to all the other social media presences, the uh, Twitters and the Facebooks and the Tumblers and whatnot. Uh, probably one of the better places to interact with Dead Drift online uh, is the Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash deaddriftshow. I think that's right. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, the We need to get some branding. I'm bad uh, at Twitter. <laughs> the, the, Facebook, the Facebook is facebook.com slash deaddrifter because uh, Dead Drift was taken by some uh, fly fishing dudes. <laughs> of so course. if you Google dead drift, you will learn very quickly that it is a fly fishing term. That is apparently a very uh, popular and thing, big thing to do when you go fly fishing. And so going backwards, if we could change the name, <laughs> but we can't, we're stuck with it. So we're named after a fly fishing term. I love that. We've come full circle to fishing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And then what about your your Twitter? Do you guys have like individual Twitter handles? I mean, Maddie, you must if you. I I don't anymore. I, really? I used to. I was. Uh, I I went on a media blackout a couple of years ago and haven't been back. So it, how is it on what? the other side? Are you a better person? I, yeah, I don't know if I'm a better person, but I'm a lot more bored. So uh, yeah, yeah. I it's. I'll probably be back at some point, but not yet. Yeah. And then when's the next? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I don't. I don't Twitter. I think I have a Twitter handle. It's just L Jason, but I don't. Don't Everybody it. follow Don't Jason now. My inbox is going to blow up. I don't know how to use you. Is there an underscore? I'm like an old man when it comes to Twitter. I don't. I get on. I'm like, okay, I get the premise, but then I can't follow conversations easily. I feel like I literally just figured it out like two months ago. I use it for something clicked in my head and then it started to work. It's fun. I like it. It's a cool way to, because I mean, this podcast is all about sci-fi community and it's the best way to find those people. That's kind of what I found is that in terms of engaging science fiction fans, Twitter seems to be where I've had the most luck. Me too. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Yeah. Maybe You're just going to become like the leader of this group of people who like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. <laughs> movie. You're going to like <laughs> get this see, army. Now, see, now I'm regretting this. I don't want that mantle. <laughs> Can I just be the guy that wanted to argue with the new guy at work? <laughs> Let's do that. That's the basis of our relationship for the past 
I'll ghostwrite a Twitter account for you. Yes, there we go. How about that? I'll just, I'll just weekly, I'll send you a couple things on my brain and what I'm up to, and you just work with it. It was was my first day there at Dean's detailing, and Dean's like, "This guy's gonna train you," and you're like, you know, you're like, "Hey, what's up? I'm going to a Blink 182 concert this weekend (laughs) (laughs) in the at the Gorge," you know, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" (laughs) (laughs) With my my T top. Yeah. 300ZX with the <laughs> fucked up exam. <laughs> yeah, I was. Sweet. Yeah, well, Blink 182. I was actually thinking about Blink 182 for a second during the song because they, yeah, they're yeah. my favorite Star Wars influenced song. They have a Star Wars influence? Yeah, it's called A New Hope. Hmm. How do I not know that? I'm from San Diego. Blink 182 was huge. Oh, yeah, I bet. yeah. Uh, a New Hope off Dude Ranch, one of my all time favorite Star Wars songs. <laughs> Inspired songs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. I learned something today. You learned something. <laughs> I learned actually quite a few things today. <laughs> most of them are not applicable to my no, life. Most, no. most of them will not <laughs> matter in the least. <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't even get any Jeopardy questions right with most of the stuff you learned. <laughs> Probably well, I guess I'll let that Man, one sink in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, why becomes like huge. <laughs> Dead Drift is like the next big thing on the sci-fi channel. <laughs> this will become very pertinent information yeah. to my life. Uh, you yeah. know, sometimes I wonder, I was like, it was just a daydream, but the other day I was like, what would I do if like I got a call from, you know, like sci-fi and they're like, hey, we want to, we want to fund a, a season of your show, but hey, Maddie's got to go. <laughs> oh, hey, as long as I get some sort of check cut to well, me, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. cool. Like, what would I do? <laughs> Original idea, yeah, I get some royalties. Yeah, as long as it's a nice jumping point for something else for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was just subconsciously. I was like, Maddie's got to go. <laughs> You're literally just looking for outs. Like, how can the universe the give me an out so I can get rid of Maddie? How am yeah, I going to gonna write Maddie out of season? How do we write? Yeah. Yeah. Captain Banks is going to have to have a bulkhead fall on him or something. Yeah. But I got to get Maddie to film that. It's horrible. <laughs> well, what's what's next for you guys? You got uh, several more episodes coming out. Are you looking beyond that yet, or is it just trying to get to the end of the season and then figure out life from there? Uh, definitely there's a, there's a lot of trying to get to the end to yeah. figure out where to go from there. Uh, four more episodes left to come out. Uh, three of them are going to be regular, uh, five minute episodes. And then the 16th and final episode, I think is like 20 minutes long. Wow. It's cool. like four episodes rolled up into one. It kind of brings everything, brings everything home. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of ideas tossed around about a, a, an additional season of dead drift. Uh, don't know if we're ready to, you know, commit to we're doing that or not yet because, I've also got a few other projects kind of on the back burner that I think I've been working. We've been working on this. I've been working on this for four years now. Wow. Kind of need to maybe walk away for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'd sure. love to come back to it, but definitely need to take a little time. Yeah. What other projects are you kicking around? Uh, I got a, uh, an idea for a music video for a buddy of mine in Olympia who has a band. Uh, I talked about shooting uh, kind of a short film slash music video with him. And then uh, there's also a couple of ideas that I've had milling around for uh Feature films, uh, one of them kind of maybe horror genre a little bit, and another one's maybe a, uh, I don't know what genre the other one is. It's just a horror slash sci-fi kind of thing. I love I love it when horror and sci-fi get together. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know. you must love Reanimator. Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> I have actually not seen Reanimator. Oh, I need to it. watch Reanimator. It's great. Mm-hmm. How do you like, feel about Event Horizon? I love Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. It is I, one of my favorites. An alien. Yeah. I, I only saw Event Horizon once and I was too young and I hated it. Oh my but God. I need to go back to it. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I'd kind of like to watch it again you should, now. Hey, put it on your uh, Ooh, sci-fi, sci-fi on trial. trial. That's a yeah. great idea. I was say, I remember yeah. watching it and liking it and hating it at the same time. Really? I haven't rewatched it since. I, I love it. I think I wanted more out of it, but. Yeah. yeah. There's never enough Sam Neill, ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? True. 
I don't care how many movies they make. <laughs> <laughs> they being everyone. That's true. Never enough Sam Neill. Well, thank you guys so much for coming to the show. This was so fun. Uh, I can't wait to put this out. This will be out in about a month, I think. Okay. Uh, and I can't wait to see the rest of your episodes. And now I'm really excited about the season finale. That sounds super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Thanks yeah. for having us, man. It was yeah, good time. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you all so much for joining us. And make sure to check out Dead Drift at deaddriftshow.com. Find me on Twitter at Sci-Fi Project. And please leave us uh, positive iTunes reviews so we can climb up the charts now that we are a five-star show. Booyah. If you'd like to become a patron of the Sci-Fi Project, you can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash sci-fi project. And if you want to download the full album version of Asteroid Field, the song I played today, you can find that, of course, at jessemercury.com. Next week, I've got Dan DeRozier coming on the show, who you'll remember from the We Got To episode back in episode 30. Uh, one, of my, one of my closest compatriots. And we recorded last night, we recorded this episode all about this uh, EP he wrote about Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. He calls it his Blade Runner EP, but it's really inspired by Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. So we talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about his creative process and just creativity in general, because that's, as, you, as you've guessed by now, that's a common theme on this show. Uh, that, it was a really great conversation. I can't wait to bring that to you next week. So in preparation, if you'd like to read Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, that will definitely enhance your enjoyment of the conversation. But we really didn't get too deep into the book. We really just talked about some of the, the themes, the, the things like the empathy box, the, the Penfield mood organ, mercerism, things that were left out of the movie that are in the book that are really fantastic. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely explain them in the episode. But if you, if you want to read that going into it, good God, it's a great book. And you should absolutely read it because it's wonderful. So that's your homework for this week, should you choose to accept your assignment. So thanks for sticking around. Thanks for sticking with us. As always, pleasure was had. Uh, Wonderness. Fun time. I'll see you in the future.